Hello, I'm Gail. And hello, I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of women over 70, aging reimagined. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women between the ages of 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. Visit womenover70.com to make a donation, discover our books for women section, and learn more about the Women Over 70 community. Invite us to conduct workshops or speak to your organization. We share clips from our podcast and offer strategies that enrich women's lives as they age. So, Ricky, welcome to Women Over 70. You are, yeah, we're so glad to have you. Thank you so much, Gail. This is a joy because, uh, and Gail and Catherine, it's, um, we are not irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, you are 77 and you currently live in Houston, Texas. Cooking healthy has been a way of life for you. You're a certified nutritionist for 20 years, an author, and have become well-known for your soups, your cooking show on USA Global TV, Fridays at noon, and the meals you design for seniors. You teach people how to stretch their food dollar. Ricky is also a life health coach, best-selling author, speaker, and workshop leader. Ask what to call her, and she will enthusiastically answer, foodie. Ricky, yes. your background is really fascinating, and uh, teaching how to cook healthy foods a relatively new pursuit for you. Please give us a brief overview, if you will, of life and how that led you into this field. Um, we need more than 30 minutes for that, Gail. <laughs> I'll be brief. Um, basically, I started out, um, actually, it's interesting now that you just sparked a thought on, on this whole cooking thing. Mom and dad both worked. So my brother and I were subject to frozen foods and additional fresh foods. We always had a salad, a fresh salad. And so when I discovered the difference between fresh Brussels sprouts and canned Brussels sprouts, (laughs) um, life became a lot more joyful. And that was uh, once I got married and really started to cook for myself and my late husband um, and our kids. And I found out that the fresh food was not that difficult at all to handle and you could freeze it, but it it kind of evolved into that, um, you know, really being conscious of what I was putting in my mouth. My mother was pretty good at that. We had balanced meals, if I remember all of them. Um, But I got into things like, that she didn't, the, the, you know, t- roasting Brussels, Brussels sprouts with just garlic and um, olive oil. It's mm-hmm. one of the world's best tastes as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and other fresh foods and just doing much more, getting more involved in the kitchen because even though I was working, I was working basically from home. So I had access to the kitchen, which can be dangerous at times. <laughs> Especially if you think you're a little bit hungry. But what I discovered um, in all my learning and um, years of taking classes, which I have to uh, do to keep my license as a certified nutritionist, um, water was a great adjunct to everything. And I I don't know if you've noticed, but seniors especially don't drink enough water. 
and therefore they get fatigued. And simple as that is one of the things that I learned um, it, in the classes, as well as just experiencing it myself. And um, so this whole thing of cooking for other people started in Colorado. I was making soups and my friends loved my soups. And I decided that, well, maybe I could go into, this was a, kind of done as a half as a giggle. The um, farmer's markets up there, which are beautiful. They're out in the open, which I love to be. Um, and there were several. There was one in Basalt in the town where I was living. There was one up in Aspen and there was one down in Glenwood Springs. And so there were three of them. And during the season, which was usually, <clears throat> excuse me, spring um, through fall um, and as far into winter as we could do them, uh, I learned that people love soup, especially up there. It's a very filling meal. And it's easy to do. I mean, you can make soup. We used to call some of it garbage soup. And I'm sure everybody's experienced that. What's left in the refrigerator? It goes into the soup. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, you know, that's stretching your food dollars. So I kind of put all of this learning together. And, um, of course, adding my nutritional knowledge uh, developed about 12 different soups that I used to cook. And it, it became necessary to get a commercial kitchen up there to do that. Yeah. And buy very large pots in which to cook the food with the soups. But I, it was, it, it worked. And I had, interestingly, I had a couple of um, apprentices and both were boys. And one of them is now a culinary school graduate. Um, and the other one I haven't really kept track of, but I knew when one of them walked in the door with his own bag of knives for an interview, I thought, oh, this one's gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> How did you distribute the soups, Ricky? Well, um, I found containers. I hated to use plastic, but I found decent plastic containers and used the, um, great big coolers that I slept in the back of my car. I had a, an SUV. Mm -hmm. And so it was wonderfully convenient for carrying tables, a tent, and <laughs> coolers full of either quart or pint containers filled with soups. Mm -hmm. And I made my own labels, found out what I was supposed to put on them as far as the FDA or whomever was concerned. And it really it became a business. <laughs> wow, good for you. You are entrepreneurial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it, I guess my parents, most of my parents had their own businesses. And um my late husband um was a salesperson and he worked for other people, but he uh, also when we moved to Texas from New York via Baltimore for nine months, um he opened his own oil business. We landed in the middle of Oil City, of course, in Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he became acquainted with people who he used as mentors from a couple of different oil companies who were very successful. And he was very fortunate to be taken under their wings. And uh, so he was the entrepreneur and both of my kids now. My daughter just started with a partner in Paris, France. She started a it's like a fast food, I think, Vietnamese and Thai wraps. 
Mm. Food. Yes. It's easy to put together, easy to transport. And she and a partner have just opened this. And I haven't had a chance. It's so new. I haven't had a chance. She just sent me their website yesterday. <laughs> well, I wish them good luck. Oh, yes, I do, too, because I know how intense she gets. Yeah. And her husband was owned a bistro when she married him. Mm. Ricky, uh, may I ask a couple of questions about, um, I'm sorry to break in, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if, if these two things are still part of your life, that you're a certified dream builder coach, mm-hmm. and you are founding member of the Holistic Center for Human Flourishing, which really intrigues me, um, in Colorado. Are you still involved in those, those uh, areas? The Dream Builder Coach area is, I don't know if you're familiar with Mary Morrissey. She's over 70, and you really should grab a hold of her. Maybe you can pull her onto your podcast. She runs a multi-million dollar coaching um, establishment. It's more like a dynasty because all of her children are now working with her. They're all adults, of course. And I got into that because she holds these dream builder sessions where you can do or be anything you want. Mm -hmm. And the coaching is really involved with listening to people, hearing what's going on with them, and then giving them the tools, not the answers, but giving them the tools to find their own answers to who they want to be when they grow up. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a dream, somebody gave me a little uh, sticker a couple of weeks ago saying, don't ever give up your dream. And if someone has a dream, I mean, that's how things are, are come into being. And I've, I've seen people who were uh, working in, in a miserable job. They were not very happy, but they had an idea. They had a dream and helping them take that dream and make it become the reality. Mm-hmm. And as I say, I don't give them the answers, but we all have the answers within us. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, it's my job to be the guide and bring those answers forth through your or whoever, um, your knowledge and your intuition. A lot of it involves intuition mm-hmm. and listening to that little voice, whether it's you know, verbal, visual, or whatever. But those are the dreams that we all have. And so being a dream builder coach has been a joy and it's added so much to my knowledge and ability to really work with people. And do you work with people who aspire to be chefs and and <laughs> make soup and, you know? Uh, there haven't been too many of those. It's more like, well, I want to start this business And, um, you know, I love making flower baskets, so I think that I could do that, but it's just a hobby. Mm -hmm. But how many people have we found um, who take their hobby and it becomes a business? Sure. They turn it into something that is absolutely phenomenal for them, and they don't even know they could do it. This is the thing. And then it kind of goes along with the Holistic Center for Human Flourishing, which started out up in Colorado, and it was named Davi Nikent, which is a Ute phrase meaning always light, as in L-I-G-H-T, mm-hmm. and it's still going. This was back in 2004, I believe we began it. Um, I haven't been as involved as I was when I was living up there, mm-hmm. but I still um, support them, 
and I hope to be able to do some online seminars with them now. And it it, it has, I don't know if you're familiar with Elliot Dasher, um, a philosopher and brilliant man. And the other person was David um, Hawkins, mm -hmm. not, not Stephen Hawking, mm -hmm. yes. David Hawkins, the yeah. author, who mm -hmm. is kind of from left field, but his part of left field is brilliant. And so that was the beginning. We would call on people like that who came and helped support it. Mm -hmm. Because the flourishing is anywhere from physical to emotional to mental to mm -hmm. definitely spiritual. Uh -huh. And I have discovered through the years that it's time for the spirituality, not so much the religion, religiosity to come out, but listening to your deeper inner voice, which I think is spiritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's wow. <laughs> kind of where that came from. And I definitely do support them. Tell us about your show on USA. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Catherine. You were going to do a follow-up. Well, I, was just, I just wanted to follow up on that for just a moment. Do you think that uh, you said it's time for the for spirituality? It, is, does, do you relate that to as we mature, as we become older, that, that we might be more inclined to listen to our inner voices? Um, that's an excellent question, Catherine. My feeling... I was raised in the Jewish faith, and it was one of those families who went to um, synagogue on the high holidays, and we mm -hmm. celebrated them at home with family. So it was more of a family traditions and that kind of thing, uh, rather than the religiosity of it. Mm -hmm. So when I found something called unity, and the philosophy there, which is kind of an East-West combination, um, I found that something in it resonated with something inside of me that was looking for more, but didn't know what it was. And I don't know that it's the, as a friend of mine calls it, the God thing. Mm -hmm. It's more the appreciation for nature, for mm -hmm. what we have innately, you know, our God given or however you want to call it, spirit given abilities, the sentience, as my partner would say, mm -hmm. and the idea that um, I think talking along those lines mm -hmm. and calling it spirit or calling it whatever you wish to, it, it, it's got a million different names. Yeah. But yes, I think it's extremely important and it's becoming much more important to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank I you was going to ask you to uh, tell us a little bit about your cooking shows. I know you have several. That's <laughs> called um, Follow Your Instincts. When the <laughs> pandemic hit and we couldn't go anywhere, I had been going to different senior residences and talking to them about nutrition, food, and so forth. And I found that due to budgets for the most part some of the food they were offering to people was disastrous but i kept my big mouth shut in many cases so i decided um i can cook let's play with this so i put my computer in the kitchen if anybody had seen it's on a counter stool a high counter stool with a bunch of books underneath it 
and it's focused into the kitchen and it just looks like I'm on TV. (laughs) And so I started sharing recipes that I loved. I started out with one pan meals, kind of playing on the pandemic thing Mm. um, and doing things that you could cook in one pan or one pot. Uh, you know, adding a, um, a, pr- a protein, starting out with maybe onions and something, adding a protein, and then at the last minute, putting in the vegetables that needed to be cooked but crisp. And so it was all one thing in one pan. It was one pan to clean up. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of it. I still do that. Um, and it's turned into the last one I did was um, sauteed. I call them latkes. Um cabbage latkes but they really are cabbage pancakes uh they're not you i i I did almost exactly what you would do with potatoes like shredding the cabbage adding the onions and adding eggs and it came out as a pancake and it's really more of a an oriental pancake came out great so i'm doing things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then stuffing a pumpkin with applesauce and baking it it's absolutely a marvelous dessert. And it's a wonderful presentation. So, or it's, and you can use it, you know, you can use it with anything. Um, and you don't have to use onions, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but so it's a variety of things. And it's every Thursday at 11 o'clock central. It's, um, I'm on YouTube. And then through another friend of mine who's also entrepreneurial, he introduced me to a lady named Dr. Jacqueline Kerbick, who has this USA Global TV and about six different kinds of shows, one of which she was looking for a a cooking show. So I volunteered, (laughs) not knowing what I was getting into, but she also has a lot of people in the UK and overseas. So we combined a gentleman in Scotland his name is Simon McDonald and myself. So he cooks in Scotland. I cook in Texas in the USA. So we combined the UK and the USA into the United Kitchens. <laughs> and that's Fridays at noon. <laughs> so he's making dinner and I'm making lunch, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Although he did make ice cream on one of the shows very quickly and simply. It was fabulous. <laughs> So do you record all these recipes somewhere? Are they available for people? Thank you for asking. Yes. Actually, I have a Patreon page. It's, um, what is it? HTTPS Patreon.com forward slash Ricky, R-I-C-K-I, McHealthy, which is my nickname, MC Healthy. (laughs) And on there are all my, I post all the recipes and they're open to the public. Although I'm hoping more people will join because it is a source of support and income um, at very little per month. But you have the privilege or whoever tunes in uh, gets all the recipes and the tips. I I use kitchen tips and I I list um, sometimes where to get things or what's the best gadget for whatever, Mm -hmm. um, as well as the recipes, the actual recipes. Mm -hmm. Well, you are, as I said before, so very entrepreneurial. <laughs> what, what, what's most important to you now? Uh, I, you had mentioned something about cooking for, for seniors. Yes. yes. That. that was one of those things I fell into because I watched another friend of mine who's also entrepreneurial 
who has a, um, she's on StreamYard and she interviews people and she interviewed a woman, um, Shauna Jefferson, who has this, it's a franchise. She's a franchise E and it's cooking, chefing, it's chefs for seniors. And we literally go into someone's home with a full kitchen in tow. I have a, um, a traveling, I guess you'd call it a, um, uh, let's see, what would you call it? It's on wheels and it's got a whole bunch of kitchen stuff in it. I mean, everything from pots, pans, spices, gadgets, everything. <laughs> and we bring the whole kitchen to the people and we use our, our um, everything that we bring in. We buy the groceries for them and they pay for the groceries. And it all goes through Chefs for Seniors. I have a credit card that's Chefs for Seniors. Mm-hmm. And I per- do all the purchasing through that. Um, and then I, I get paid every week for going in and spending anywhere from three to five hours preparing mm-hmm. about six different meals for the next week and a half. Wow. And they can be frozen or refrigerated, however. Uh-huh. And I get... I get to use some of my ingenuity and make some soups for people. (laughs) (laughs) You have plenty of ingenuity. That's clear. (laughs) That's great. So, so, uh, you know, there's, there's so many things. And then you have time for outdoors. You, you travel, you hike, you bike. Yep. Play pickleball. I love pickleball. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's interesting because it's kind of sport. It's kind of a cross between ping pong and tennis. Yes. And playing doubles is a lot easier than trying to play singles. But what I find is the exercise is great. You meet some wonderful people. And I, you, you asked me, what is my view of aging? Uh I don't know. (laughs) Am I I aging? (laughs) Okay. I've got a couple little glitches every once in a while with one hip. But you know what? I've slowed things down to where it doesn't feel like I've slowed down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, explain Say that a little more, more about that. Yeah, I, hope. <laughs> I am at a point in my life where I, I want to be able to choose what I want to do when I want to do it. And so far, I'm about halfway there. So mm-hmm. I figure I have a few more years of experimenting to go. But many years ago, I I promised my kids, it was more of a threat at that point, to be 120 and playing basketball with their grandkids. (laughs) Maybe you'll make it. (laughs) We want to be there to watch you do that. We do. Okay. (laughs) I hope you will be. I really think that aging is an attitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I have always felt. I've watched people in some of these residences who are much younger than I am, who are folding up and, you know, falling apart. Mm-hmm. Some of it is, it's, it's really pitiful. It's sad. And it, it's either they're lonesome or they haven't, I don't know how many hugs they get a day. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Touch is important. And that's where that happy hormone oxytocin comes from comes from. And I mentioned that today in my talk, and I had about 30 people in the talk, and they all looked at me and agreed. Because 
this is part of it. And, and the socializing and touch, and that's mm -hmm. what we've been limited to in the last almost two years now. Mm -hmm. And so I see that as part of aging needs to be socialization. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Super important to have your friends and acquaintances. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that helps people live longer, I think. I believe it does. Statistically, mm -hmm. it does. I've read a bunch of things about that, actually. So as we end, tell us about your ebook. Oh, thank you. My ebook. Um, it's called at this point, Yes, You Can Eat Well and Eat Right. Um, I got on my soapbox to do that. <laughs> uh, and I do have a soapbox. It's 19 different foods, which the uh, environmental works group calls their clean 15 plus. And I took each food one at a time and I explained where it came from, some of the history of it and how it's used and all the vitamins and minerals are in it, what it's good for. And then I added a recipe for it. So mm -hmm. it has at least 19 recipes. There's actually a few more in the back as a bonus, but it's, I find it interesting because I've found that people are interested a little bit in the history, what you can do with food. Mm -hmm. And I encourage playing with food, including things like making, uh, taking your kids or grandkids and making animal, um, like, you know, um, an, uh, a Brussels sprout piggy. And you can do it <laughs> with cloves and different things. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, just taking foods and creating things. And the first, the first one, it's the easy one. You take a banana and put all the legs out, you know, the peel, and you got an octopus immediately. So, <laughs> <laughs> and just stick a couple of cloves in it somewhere like eyes and you have an octopus. <laughs> but I, it's got some things like that in it. And I want people to have fun with food and not fear it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Did, did you mention that having a sense of humor is also a big part of aging well. As goofy as you can be, yes. <laughs> because that is, Gail, absolutely, that keeps us young. I mean, as crazy as you can be and, and be silly. And, and it's, do you remember the book? Was it now um, something about now I can wear purple? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can, yes. I can't remember mm -hmm. that. That's not the correct title, but. When I'm an old woman, I shall wear purple, something like Thank that. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, I can wear purple a lot better now because I've given myself permission to um, be me and not hold back. For many years, I held back. And of course, we do need filters to a point. But it's almost like being somebody said to me, um, on the that on my cooking shows, you're like a kid without filters. Um, and I do. I just if I drop something, it's oops. Oh well, you know. I I have try to avoid saying four letter words, but I use crap instead because uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, broadcasting widely. But just to be myself, and if I goof on something, I I had one show where I actually spilled half a bowl of yogurt onto my surface the cooking surface. And I thought, uh Oh, so I cleaned it up in front of everybody and went on. <laughs> but you know, it's things like that, that happen where you can't get upset. You can just make fun of it, have fun with it and go with it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I have learned as I've aged. 
It's a wonderful philosophy yes. of life. <laughs> getting, what, what is he saying? Um, they say I'm an, uh, they say that I'm crazy, but it keeps me from going insane. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think it was Willie Nelson that had that in the lyric. Right. And on that note, unfortunately, we must end. And it's been totally delightful listening to you. And you're doing such good work that is uh, definitely going to help a lot of uh, older people. And we appreciate that work you're doing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Ricky. And listeners, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. Or visit our website, womenover70.com, where you can easily access all of our episodes and become a member in the Women Over Over 70 Aging Reimagined Circle. See you next Wednesday on Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined.